Whether you're a first-time poultry owner or looking to expand your flock, you can always use some helpful advice. Blaine's Farm and Fleet's got you covered. With great info and products to help raise healthy birds in-store or online at farmandfleet.com forward slash chick days. This is the Midwest Farm Report. From Welcome on a Tuesday morning and Happy New Year. Thanks for joining us for the first show of 2023. I'm Stephanie Hoff filling in for Farm Director Pam Yonke. My goodness, what a way to kick things off with the Packers in control of their playoff destiny. And the weather over the weekend wasn't half bad either. This week, though, we can expect precipitation in both the form of rain and snow. A lot of water was coming down this morning on my way to the station, and it was pretty slippery, with temperatures barely reaching 33 degrees. We can expect steady rain throughout the morning, showers continuing in the afternoon, a high of 41 degrees. As soon as that's over, get ready for snow showers throughout Wednesday and into Thursday. Ag meteorologist Stu Muck will be on shortly with more of those forecast details. Also today, we'll talk with a researcher at Lando Lakes about the value of crossbred cattle. And of course, stay tuned for market advisor John Heinberg with Total Farm Marketing, joining us at the bottom of the hour. Thanks for kicking things off with me on a Tuesday. You don't need to drive far to get the freshest fruit this year. Indian River Direct is bringing the fruit directly to you. Hand-picked, tree-ripened, direct from the grove. Taste the difference at the Citrus Truckload Sale offering Florida tangerines, ruby red grapefruit, and navel oranges. Find fresh Indian River Direct fruit in Monona and Madison on January 6th. Direct from the grove to you. Find the full tour schedule at IndianRiverDirect.com. Coming up in the new Congress, some of our Republican congressmen from Wisconsin are going to be in more leadership positions. Bob Osel here at the northern end of the world's longest barn in the 7th District in Wisconsin. Congressman Tom Tiffany is the representative. And Pam, he uh, knows what's going on in agriculture, and he has some definite thoughts on the future. Yeah, you're right, Bob. Fabulous farm babe, Pam Yankee. It's southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. Well, Tom grew up on a dairy farm in Elmwood, graduated from UW-River Falls with a ag economics degree. So, yeah, he's been connected with Wisconsin agriculture his whole career. Now, he admits that right now from Wisconsin, we don't have a senator or a representative that's on the agriculture committees, but we still have some strong voices that are being heard out there. I chatted with him about some of the priority items that he continues to work on in this lame duck session, if you will, and what he sees developing going further in to the 2023 Farm Bill. So yes, it is the lame duck session with the new um, Congress coming in January 3rd. And there's two really big bills that are um, being discussed here as we speak. One is the National Defense Authorization Act, and that's just as it's described in regards to the defense. And the other one is um, advancing a budget bill. Um, if you remember September 30th, there was a continuing resolution that took it to December, and now that expires next week. And uh, we'll see uh, as Nancy Pelosi leaves as the Speaker of the House of Representatives what she wants to do uh, with that budget bill. Um, to extend it beyond December into next year. Right, right. There are so many items that we didn't get a lot of traction on 
by the end of the calendar year. Tom, one of those, of course, is your continued conversation about uh, the wolf in not just Wisconsin, but across the United States. That one you're going to have to step back for a little bit, huh? Yeah, so we were not able to get a hearing um, in the Natural Resources Committee, which I sit on uh, in regards to that legislation. But now with us being in the majority, I really hope that we can get a hearing on that in 2023 and and tell the story about the wolf. And I would just say uh, uh, I, I think there's a little bit of momentum there in that we're seeing with the number of grizzly attacks that are going on out in the western states, they're in a little bit the same place where they're deeply concerned, especially with people getting mauled by grizzly bears, which their numbers have just skyrocketed out in the western states. You know, there needs to be some control on these uh, wildlife predators, and, you know, that's what we're going to be asking for. Right, right. Again, Congressman Tom Tiffany along with us. Now, Tom, you're one of the folks that uh, got an opportunity to return to Washington, D.C., but there's going to be a lot of fresh faces, a lot of people that are just barely going to uh, have, they're going to have to understand the system of being a congressional representative or a senator. With that being said, we also have the critical 2023 Farm Bill that is in development, already conversations happening. Do you have any thoughts on what's already transpired as far as education or discussion on the 2023 farm bill so uh first of all i want to thank all the voters out there for the privilege to be able to serve again i'll be going into my second full term as you alluded to there pam and i would also note that um uh, we have a new representative that's going to be from the third congressional very agriculturally heavy district and that'll be derek van orden um who will be stepping in after ron kind completing 26 years um, um, in the House of Representatives. And I know Derek has asked f- to be on the Agriculture Committee. Now, I don't know if he'll be able to be on there or if he'll be chosen for that, but I know he has asked for it because he thinks it's that important. Um, I've been having some discussions in regards to the Farm Bill. Uh, one of them, uh, I've been talking to some of the niche growers we have, like the cranberry growers. And um, there's been this movement to lump cranberry juice in to the SNAP programs, which would be food stamps, in with soda, and we're trying to say, hold it, cranberry juice is different than soda. It's different than Pepsi or Coke. And um, so those are some things that we're already talking about, Pam. You know, one thing about all the new faces that are in Washington, D.C., is there's so few, like you, Tom, Tom Tiffany, of course, grew up on a dairy farm, there's so few elected officials anymore these days that actually understand agriculture, period of any shape or form, any suggestions on what agriculture should be prepared to do to have those people understand better how important that policy is, not just to the food program, which is where most people train their eye, but to the farmers that rely on that stability? You know, as I mentioned, Pam, I sit on the Natural Resources Committee, and exactly what you're talking about, people having there are fewer and fewer people that have that connection to the soil, to farming, to agriculture. And it's part of the reason why some of these public policy decisions, I believe, have went awry over the last number of years because there isn't that same connection in reality of this is all about trade-offs. This isn't, you know, you just get to have something or not. It's There's always a trade-off involved when you say we're not going to do this. And I think that gets forgotten sometimes. So what's so important is that the advocacy groups out there, the groups that represent agriculture, I mean, you really need to double down at this point. 
in terms of getting to elected representatives and sharing your story, because many of them don't know it the way they did 50 to 100 years ago. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. And we're going into a critical time. Everybody's watching their pocketbooks. Every time that you turn on TV, it's all about uh, economic slides, uh, what's going on with interest rates, energy. Uh, That's also something, Tom, that you're well aware impacts not just farmers, but all of rural Wisconsin. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. I I don't know if you saw, but the Public Service Commission in Wisconsin just announced a nearly 10% increase in in electricity rates that are coming up. That is is as a result of public policy decisions that have been made. I would say to you, going to the intermittent sources of power like wind and solar, and we've talked about this stuff before, Pam, and uh, that's what's... um, um, that's a direct offshoot, the increase in our electricity rates of moving to more in- intermittent sources of power rather than those base load uh, power sources. And that really affects agriculture because they're big electricity users. Right. And we're also the ones that get criticized when solar panels start showing up on our acreage. Yeah, no doubt about it. I think this is one of the coming discussions that's going to be had. And I would say one of the great debates in regards to uh, the wind turbines and solar panels that are dotting the landscape, there are more and more people that are saying, I don't know if I like that aesthetically. Well, I agree with them. The aesthetics are a problem. But for agriculture, it's more than that, where we're taking productive farmland out of production. And I've introduced a bill, as we've talked about, in regards to uh, the Farm Act. And that's one bill that I'll be trying to advance into the farm bill is to say, if you're going to take productive farmland out of production, then you should not get the solar and wind credits. You should not get those renewable credits if you're taking productive farmland out of production, because the number one thing in regards to policy, in terms of public policy, we should be focused on is making sure that we have a secure, reliable, affordable supply of food. It's number one. Wisconsin Congressman Tom Tiffany along with us. You know, Tom, we mentioned that there's going to be a full plate of items that are going to need attention come 2023. And as we've always said, agriculture and issues impacting rural Wisconsin are usually trailing quite far behind. What do you say to my audience if they are passionate about something, if they want to see something happening when it regards rural lifestyles or agriculture? uh, What should they be doing? Do you welcome those conversations? Oh, be sure to contact our offices. Now is the time. This is uh, every five years, as you know, Pam, we do this farm bill, and it's coming up in 2023. Now is the time. There's 12 different titles in there, and it includes stuff like forestry. I mean, it is not just dairy, well, dairy, beef, and um, uh, crops and stuff like that. All of that is uh, so important, but it includes stuff like forestry. So people really should get engaged on that and contact my office. You can find us online, and uh, you can contact us by phone anytime. Now's the time to be reaching out in regards to the coming farm bill. Wisconsin Congressman Tom Tiffany taking a few moments with us. Tom, happy holidays. We'll talk to you in the new calendar year. Merry Christmas to everyone, Pam, and you. Very good. Congressman Tom Tiffany along with us. He is the representative of the 7th District, grew up on a dairy farm near Elmwood, graduated from UW-River Falls with a degree in agriculture economics, keeping an eye on developments not only relative to the 2023 Farm Bill, but as he said, land use issues as well. From the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison, I'm Farm Director Pam Yonke. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke.
Create the floors you love this season with DIY and budget-friendly flooring from Wiseway. With Wiseway Flooring's direction, you'll only need to be moderately handy to accomplish brand new floors. I'm Mike Yenser at Wiseway Flooring, inviting you to visit our showroom in Watertown, Lake Mills, and Economwalk. See how our do-it-yourself products might be the right thing for you. Commercial or residential, the wise have it. Log on to INeedFlooringNow.com. When it comes to custom wedding rings, get to know your Denny's Jeweler. Denny's Jewelers does offer affordable custom wedding bands. Whether it be gold, silver, diamonds, gemstones, platinum, you bring your wedding band idea and we'll point you in the right direction. We'll show you all the options. I am Sarah Denny Alexander. Come meet the entire Denny's family at Denny's Jewelers. That squeal you're hearing while you come to a stop? That's your brakes crying for help. At Tom's Auto Center, we offer five-star brake repair on all makes and models. Stop by for a brake fluid and brake inspection. If your brakes are talking to you or screaming for help, we'll diagnose it and give you a written estimate. We want you to be able to trust your brakes. Tom's Auto Center. Off Highway 51 in McFarland, a stone's throw from McDonald's. You know when you've really made it? When you finally have your own place and you can decorate it the way you want. Your Aunt Betty used to sleep on that old couch. It's time to turn drab into fab with lazy luxury from Lazy Boy Furnishings and Decor. That chair, it belonged to the dog. Time to start styling. Lazy decorators love Lazy Boy. Lazy Boy Home Furnishings and Decor, Madison, East Springs Drive near East Town Mall. From farm to fork and everything in between, we cover it all. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Welcome back on a Tuesday morning. I'm Stephanie Hoff filling in for Farm Director Pam Youngke. Ag meteorologist Stu Muck is along with us to break down the forecast that starts the first business week of 2023. Stu, Happy New Year. And before we get into that forecast, I wanted to ask you if you had any uh, New Year's resolutions. I resolved not to resolve, you know. <laughs> well, mine always go out the window in February anyway, so I just decided to pass on on it this year. <laughs> but well, uh, If you can make it that long, you're doing pretty good. Yeah, hey, maybe. But uh, I think a good one maybe for everyone is just to be safe and cautious when they're driving on the roadways. We've got a mix of precipitation coming our way this week, huh? We sure do, and it started out mostly as a little rain, some freezing rain in locations. There's some slippery spots and stretches almost anywhere in southern Wisconsin. If you're heading out early today, give yourself that little extra time. Be a little cautious. It just looks wet out my backyard right now, but I guarantee you there's some slippery, icy spots here and there where maybe the salt didn't stay on the road and that just was able to freeze up with the cold air. Temperatures all pretty close to freezing, a little bit above today. And we have to start out with a winter weather advisory. It's in effect until noon. It does include La Crosse and Mauston. And a lot of areas really not all that far away. We're talking about uh, Green Lake and Marquette County, Columbia, Sauk, Adams, Juneau, Richland, and right on over into Vernon County and Crawford County, all falling under 
that winter weather advisory till noon, right up through the La Crosse area, right into southeast Minnesota because of that rain and what could be some freezing rain that mixes in. This all has to do with low pressure trying to build up from Kansas and Nebraska. I expect that low moves up into Iowa today, heads over towards southern Wisconsin into the day tomorrow in the air circulating around that low is where we get the rain right now, the more mild air, and rain could be more of a probability for especially the southeast, say, third or half of Wisconsin because of that mild air trying to build in out of the south. But the further you are toward western Wisconsin, it's quite possible as the colder air builds in that snow becomes more of an issue. And I'm looking at uh, Boston and La Crosse, thinking there may be a little more of a snow chance, but I don't think we're going to talk about a foot of snow or anything like that. But uh, some rain that could mix with or change to a little freezing rain and then mix with some snow before it's all said and done. An inch or two is my expectation for lacrosse in Boston. Everybody else talking about some rain amounts in a quarter to half inch range. And at least that's through today and tonight. And it could get a bit heavier, could have some snowflakes or a brief period of freezing rain before it ends as we wrap up Thursday and or wrap up Wednesday and head toward Thursday. This morning, the radar is indicating snow in South Dakota, Nebraska, even southwest Minnesota, northwest Iowa, rain across Iowa, southern Wisconsin, some snowflakes uh, just north of La Crosse in that area, Sparta and Tillman up the interstate. So be ready for that if you're heading out this morning. But I do expect that uh, rain is still something we talk most about today. And I'll have those forecast details break down a little timing right after this. My name is Cameron Olson, owner of Olson Solar Energy. The whole point of a turnkey installation is that you don't have to do anything for this system. We do it all. All the permitting, we do all of the work. Anything that needs to be done to make this system up and running and good, we take care of it for you. It seems like it never fails. I, I get a customer turned online and their solar is producing. Sure enough, that next month, they want to show us their bill. Look, zero dollars. Go green, save green at OlsonSolarEnergy.com. A meteorologist Stu Muck along with us, uh, breaking down what we can expect this week in terms of precipitation. And if you are getting rain, remember, you can send us a text, 877 877- 301 farm with how much rain you got. Uh, Stan from Green Bay says slippery spots up by Green Bay this morning, a little light snow and freezing drizzle. And then on January 1st, thank you, Dan from Caledonia, for reporting that he got about 15th, a 15th of an inch. Uh, but, Stu, what else do you have for us? Well, again, we have the winter weather advisory till noon for uh, just north of Madison and just west of Oshkosh and Fond du Lac, Green Lake, Marquette, Columbia, Sauk, Adams, Juneau, La Crosse County, and up into the state, that winter weather advisory in effect until noon. Clouds, a little patchy fog, some drizzle, everything mixing in, a sprinkly rain shower, maybe a little patchy freezing drizzle, Boston and La Crosse this morning. Otherwise, temps will be in the upper 30s. Could be about 40 at Madison. Mild air is pushing up out of the south, trying to push those temperatures up today. But that sprinkly rain continues as a chance. Could even be a quarter of an inch falling today. East winds 5 to 15, will gust near 25. Overnight, mostly cloudy. 
drizzle, a little fog. Temps not that cool. I expect we stay just above freezing through the nighttime. And the east wind's a bit variable, becoming south at about 5 or so. Wednesday, well, maybe a little light snow to start the day as some cool air builds in. Cloudy mid-30s, but the snow won't last all day and won't accumulate all that much. South winds about 5 to 10. And into Thursday, still mostly cloudy. We change over to some snow. And like I said, the cross in Moss and Wednesday into Thursday, a couple of inches of possibility. For everybody else, certainly a lot lighter. But even temps on Thursday, only just above freezing if we're lucky. And the northwest winds at 5 to 10. So be ready, Stephanie. A little cooler, and there will be a few changes. And you know it's going to be slippery here and there. Yeah, be careful on the roadways, that's for sure. Stu, I, I, I don't know how you be, feel about the Farmer's Almanac, but real quickly, I got one for Christmas, the 2023 one, and it says we're expecting a dry winter. And I want to ask you if this precipitation is going to help us avoid a spring drought. Well, it depends how much we get. We certainly, you know, that tenth of an inch, quarter of an inch doesn't make a big difference, but eh, we're watching it this year. We have some things, hopefully, that are going to turn for us. Stu Muckegg, meteorologist along with us. Have a good one. We'll catch you back here tomorrow. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. There goes Pam Yonke across Wisconsin in her suburban truck. Thanks to Cleary Building Corp. They protect what you value. Visit clearybuilding.com to see the Cleary difference. And Wisconsin Farm Bureau, the state's largest general agriculture organization for over 100 years. Join now at wfbf.com. Keep up with Pam at fabulousfarmbabe.net on Facebook and Twitter. If your walls could talk, what would they say? I have sent children into fits of rage. I am responsible for a child's speech impediment. I am the reason a child can't read. Just because you can't see lead paint doesn't mean it's not on walls, doors, windows, and sills. Today, lead paint poisoning affects over 1 million children. If your home was built before 1978, log on to leadfreekids.org or call 800-424-LEAD. Brought to you by the Coalition to End Childhood Lead Poisoning, EPA, HUD, and the Ad Council. While you spent a lot more time around your home the last couple of years, you may have noticed a few things you'd like to have spruced up. Sign up for W.E. Davies Handyman Membership, and they'll help you stay ahead of the maintenance and repairs with a professional result. Boycott putting things off. W.E. Davies & Sons Remodeling brings a fresh perspective to your building project. We're a local family business with services from handyman fixes to living space upgrades. For stunning, transformative results, visit wedaviesremodeling.com. Matthew. Oh, sorry. It's okay. I just need you to listen to me. I know that a lot of times, Mom, it might not seem like I'm listening to you, but I am. I hear you. And what you say really does matter to me. I mean, let's be honest. No kid likes rules, but I get why we have them. I hear you, and I know it's because you care. All the talks we've had over the years, including what you've told me about not using alcohol and other drugs, they stick with me. And believe it or not, they really do make a difference, especially at times that matter most. Hey, want a drink? No thanks, I'm good. So thank you, Dad, for talking and preparing me for what's ahead. Thanks, Mom, for never giving up and always being my biggest fan. Thank you for letting me know what you expect so I can try to meet your expectations. Thank you for talking. For more information about talking with your kids about underage use of alcohol and other drugs, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. 
You're no stranger to hard work and eating right, but your abs are more like flabs. Carbon World Health offers MSculpt, an FDA-approved treatment for men who want to transform their physique. One session is equivalent to 20,000 crunches without the painful recovery. Melt fat, build and tone muscle, then start getting the results you're looking for. MSculpt at Carbon World Health. Learn more at CarbonWorldHealth.com. Experienced electricians, come join our team. Here's Dan, a commercial journeyman forever ready electric. Family company, they take care of people, they take care of their workers. There's a lot of benefits to working forever ready, including the fact that when you work on your education, they do reimburse you for that time. They're very good about sick time and very good about family. Competitive wages, great atmosphere, great benefits. Apply at everreadyelectric.net. For all your electrical needs, we are ever ready. Rural Mutual is the number one farm insurer in Wisconsin for a good reason. As a company founded by farmers, they understand the ag industry and its challenges. Local agents offer farm families the best advice and personalized coverage. Visit RuralMutual.com to find an agent near you. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. Because of you, someone gets to go home instead of working a double. Because of you, call lights will be answered a little bit faster. Because you are the Bright Star in that facility. Bright Star Medical Staffing is looking for caregivers and nurses. Bright Star believes providing the highest quality temporary staff means better care. It's the reason you got into healthcare in the first place. Be the Bright Star in someone's life. Work with Bright Star. Apply today at brightstarjobs.com. You're worth so much more. Have you ever had the choice to accumulate wealth or go into debt? Let's play Would You Rather. Would you rather have $190,000 in total compensation or be $29,000 in debt? That's the choice between paying for a bachelor's degree that might not even land you a job or an apprenticeship with Liuna that will lead to job security, a pension, stability, and a lifetime of great wages. You're worth so much more. Go to LiunaWisconsin.org slash join to learn how to accumulate wealth instead of debt. You know, when are you going to go into Rogers soapbox? When are you going to get into the Rogers? Well, Aaron Rodgers didn't have, you know, an Aaron Rodgers stellar kind of game. He did just enough. I mean, he got one in with his feet, put the belt on, also threw one to Big Bob Tunyon, who was wide open in the end zone uh, for it. Rodgers missed a couple throws. You know, Christian Watson tried to, well, Watson had one bad drop, but he you know, overthrew Watson a couple times. Rodgers, you know, he wasn't. He wasn't the greatest, but he wasn't terrible either. Aaron Rodgers finished, what, 15 to 24, 159 yards and a touchdown throwing and one running, like I just said. Uh, you know, it only took one sack. He wasn't the greatest, Ben. Well, Aaron Rodgers, after the game, had said some things that go more into being a leader than it is on the field, but also off the field. Aaron Rodgers, by the way, with a new haircut. I don't know if you've seen it or not. He, uh, I don't think he enjoyed the, uh, the memes coming out oh. of him with that haircut he had. I mean... Uh- Speaking objectively, <laughs> it didn't look great. Now, when it's all gelled and done up, it looked fine. Right. But, but when you when you put the cap on it, take the helmet off, he looks like that like Emperor Penguin or whatever. Ugh. Like it's it wasn't the greatest of looks, but Rogers did that beauty, look uh, great. His, his new haircut. And the cameras are obviously always on him. Oh, of so course, you're always yeah. gonna see it. Rogers after the game, uh, I'll get to just a couple of them. We'll play a little more uh, later on in the show. Uh, but Rogers was asked, Are the Packers a team to be reckoned with again? And I loved what he said here. Take a listen. 
we're becoming a more dangerous team. And, I, you know, we've all seen some of the uh, commentary outside as we went from four and eight to five and eight to six and eight. And nobody's worried about the Packers and blah, 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 blah. Uh, now what are you going to say? I love it. He's coming after the people that counted the Green Bay Packers out. They are now a team to be reckoned with. He said it has taken a while, but players are figuring out their roles at the right time. A lot of guys that we maybe didn't expect or expected to and didn't in the beginning uh, have stepped up and taken hold of their roles and, and played some really, really good football. Also said they beat the odds to get here. Not many people in that locker room and definitely not many you people believe we'd be sitting here at eight and eight with control our own destiny going into week 18 what are they gonna say now this is what i love about it i think i was the only one hanging on to a packers making the playoffs <laughs> i was packers said, it, i know you were it was tough it was tough sledding i understand it was ridiculous it. i was standing on the packers making the playoff hill and there were so many haters and losers and doubters sadly of which there are many that counted the Packers out, that wanted Jordan Love to start, that the season was lost, move on from Aaron Rodgers. Look at them now. The defeatist attitude of some of the cheeseheads out there to just throw a towel in, even when they weren't mathematically eliminated, is absolutely disgusting. We've seen the Packers rattle off victories after victories before to make it to the playoffs. Look at them now. They control their own destiny. They win one more at home against the Lions Sunday, and they're in. And the same jabronis that were there crying for Jordan Love, crying to trade Rodgers, crying to throw in the towel and fight for draft picks, are not going to be the same a-holes that will be out there saying, oh, I've been with them the whole time i don't forget i got the receipts i want them all held accountable ben kenny aaron Rodgers talking about how he had to be a leader off the field more to hold this team together and i know his play hasn't been stellar like it is of rogers past like he's not being an mvp this year but rogers has been able to hold this locker room together to get these teams inspired to get to the point where they are now and look at them look at them ben one game away, they win, and they're in. I want to play one more for Rodgers. Go. Since here's what it feels like um, this year as they're now 8-8 eight and eight and control their own destiny. feels really special. It's uh, been an interesting year. It hasn't been my best football at times, but uh, I've been asked to step up my leadership, I think, and be someone the guys can count on to keep it together. You know, even when it doesn't seem like there's anything to play for, we, we don't have a chance to make a run. There's been a lot of special moments throughout the year. The low-T defeatists out there will say this season was lost. Look at them now on the precipice of making the playoffs. How's it feel, losers? Huh? <laughs> not, not you, Ben, but no, just I know. in general. I can uh, start Jordan Love. Go for draft picks. Yada, yada, yada. I wasn't in the draft, kick, uh, draft pick boat. I was in the love boat because I didn't think it was. It, it was mathematically possible. I did not think it was, and it has been. I was wrong. Many others, I'm, I'm sure, were wrong. But here's the thing about Sunday, Ebo. I still, after Chicago, after L.A., even after Miami, I, I was waiting. I, I, I wasn't ready to buy in yet. It was a game like this that I needed. Yeah, oh, well, you, tw- you tweeted it out. What did you tweet? I tweeted it. I've, I've finally come around. The Packers are good. If she's not milking the cows, she's talking about them. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke.
Thanks for following along with us on a Tuesday morning. I'm Stephanie Hoff filling in for Farm Director Pam Yonke. For dairy producers here in Wisconsin, is crossbreeding with beef in your plan for 2023? An expert I talked to said you should consider it. Troy Westuba is the Vice President of Research and Technical Service for Land O'Lakes. He says crossbred calves are a way to diversify the farm and add value. We've seen a lot of growth in this area over the last four or five years. Dairy producers are able to genetically test their cow herd, determine what their most productive cows are. And so they're taking the top half of those cows, they're using sex semen, and they're making their heifer replacement from those cows. Then they're taking the bottom half of their cows and they're breeding them to beef bulls to produce a calf now that can enter the beef market and receive a lot better price as a newborn calf. So traditionally, when we talk about Holstein and Jersey bull calves being worth somewhere around 40 bucks a head, now you're making a dairy beef cross calf that probably has the potential to be somewhere around two to $250 a head at birth. So really a neat opportunity for dairymen, one, to improve the genetics of their herd through genetic selection and genetic improvement in their heifers, but now take the lower end of their cows and make them more profitable as another revenue stream as opposed to just producing milk. This is a research that both Purina and Lando Lakes are working on. Can you dive into a little bit of that? What are you looking for to improve this method? About five years ago, we started looking at this because these crossbred calves are completely different than their contemporary Holstein calves or their Jersey calves. So we wanted to understand how do we feed these calves and do we do it differently than what we've done to achieve a different outcome. So what we've discovered as we started to look at this, these calves had a completely different set of nutrient requirements than their Holstein contemporaries, which makes complete sense because we've selected Holstein and Jerseys to produce more milk. Even the bull calves still selected that direction. These dairy beef crossbred calves now have half of their genetics from a beef animal that really wants to grow and produce more muscle. So we have an additional requirement for those animals to grow more muscle and deposit what we would call preadipocytes, which later will become marbling. So we've developed and worked at research understanding which dairy beef cross breeds are there and are there breed differences between Holstein Angus crosses or Holstein Hereford crosses. Are there different nutritional differences between these animals? Are there different health requirements for these animals? So over the past five years, we've tracked all of that. We bring in calves less than seven days of age, 250 every eight weeks. And we've tracked those calves all the way until they become a steak, which would hit your plate. So we've done what I would consider the most complete set of research on these calves throughout their entire production cycle. Not only that, but we also have the genetic information on those calves. What sires did they come from and what cows did they come from? So we can look at that genetic component as well. Well, so what are the findings? Should farmers be changing rations, different housing, nutrition plans, or like veterinarian plans? So what we found as we started to look into this and and with conversations with commercial feedlots and commercial packers is 
these calves are pretty healthy. They're, they're not bulletproof. We need to do some of the traditional things that we would do with our dairy heifers. Make sure those calves get adequate le- levels of colostrum. Make sure we get their navels dipped. We get that early calf management stuff right. Those calves do a lot better than their contemporaries that might just be bought up and grouped up at a grouping station. So as we've tracked these animals and as the industry has started to deal with them, there's been several problems that have been pointed out with these animals whenever they reach the the harvest stage. So we see a higher incidence of liver abscesses in these calves. We see a higher incidence of respiratory disease. And we can see a higher incidence of these unexplained deaths that would occur during the feedlot period. A lot of that we can track back to how did we manage these calves at birth? And then how did we manage their milk replacer and starter nutrition? And that has a large impact on that calf's intestinal development and then subsequent performance as that animal matures. What are your final thoughts for the average Wisconsin dairy farmer looking to get into crossbred calves? Yeah, so I think it's a great idea. I think it's a super opportunity for dairymen to go ahead and and maximize another revenue stream for them. They can diversify that income. So as they would traditionally sell more milk and have their replacement heifers, now here's another revenue stream. They can make these dairy beef crosses. Depending on their production operation, they can decide to sell those as baby calves. They can decide to sell them as weaned calves at roughly 96 days of age. Or they can track it all the way through the complete production cycle and own them all the way through. What we've heard and what we've seen from a lot of dairymen Given when COVID happened, local beef supply really struggled. The federal government has started to build back the local locker plant. So here's an opportunity some dairymen could keep some of those calves back and establish a local beef market for himself, which would be a completely different revenue stream. So I think there are some great opportunities out there for dairymen going forward to really utilize these dairy beef crosses to add an additional source of consistent income to their farm. And as research continues to work out maybe some kinks in in production and and solutions to any issues that arise, what's the best way to get a hold of the research or information or peering a representative for that matter? Yeah, certainly um, the best way to find some of this information out is to go to perinamills.com or to contact their local perinamills a feed dealer. Our research group distributes our information throughout all of our sales folks and we have constant training with them as well as we have local technical service folks both veterinarians and PhDs will show up on farms to assist dairymen in what they want to do at their particular point. Troy Westuba is the Vice President of Research and Technical Service for Lando Lakes with the message that crossbred cattle are a way to add value to your operation and there's plenty of resources out there to help you be successful in doing that. Hey, stay tuned for your market update and then John Heidenberg joins us at the bottom of the hour. I'm Stephanie Hoff. Will dairy get at the seat of the table when the Congress writes the next farm bill? Rick Adamski, Government Relations Director with the Wisconsin Farmers Union, weighs in on that on our Wisconsin Farmers Union Minute. It'll be interesting to see. sure hope that Wisconsin has a seat on one of the ag committees. The reorganization in the House, there might be an opportunity for one of our House members to be on that ag committee. Dairy will be a critical key component, whoever that is, certainly... Any Wisconsin delegate knows that dairy is first and foremost in Wisconsin agriculture. Definitely something that we'll be watching and monitoring. Uh, When we were, WFU members were for the fly-in in in September. 
we know that those ag committees are foundational in building the framework for the Farm Bill, which is starting right now. Rick Adamski, Director of Government Relations with the Wisconsin Farmers Union, on our Farmers Union Minute. On Capitol Hill, folks are trying to make it easier to export U.S. wheat and bring more value to growers. Michael Peters is the vice chairman of the U.S. Wheat Associates. He tells me what they're asking leaders in Washington to include in the next farm bill. We're looking to try to get the uh, MAP and FMD funding increased. And what that does for us is help us go overseas to talk to our customers, either to help or to teach them how to procure the grain and get it shipped to them and the best ways to do that. And also helps us... uh, teach them or educate them on the quality of our grain. So policies like that are very important to us. Um, and for us, it's also some of those shipping rates. I mean, you know, shippers, the increased price of their fuel and stuff is, is plays a large role in getting that wheat shipped to them. The U.S. dollar strong, that plays a strong role in our markets as far as how much our wheat costs compared to other countries. So there are several issues like that that's always at the forefront for the U.S. wheat to, to work through. Michael Peters along with us, the vice chairman of the U.S. Wheat Associates. Taking a look at our grain markets on a Tuesday morning, cash corn is down a penny at six seventy-eight and a half. New crop corn down a penny and three quarters at six ten and three quarters. Cash beans are up ten and a half cents at fifteen nineteen and a quarter, and new crop beans are up a penny and a half at fourteen sixteen and three quarters. Cash wheat is up eighteen cents at seven ninety-two, and new crop wheat is at eight oh three. That's up seventeen and three quarters. Also on a Tuesday morning, Adam Payne starts his role as Wisconsin's Department of Natural Resources Secretary today. Governor Tony Evers appointed him to the position after former Secretary Preston Cole retired. Payne comes to the seat from Sheboygan County, where he was the county administrator for more than 20 years. Secretary Payne has been with a state agency before. He directed the Farmland Preservation Program in the early 90s at the Department of Ag, Trade, and Consumer Protection. In other news, the U.S. Food and Drug Administration proposed an update to the definition of healthy, and it would not include fruit with added sugar. Both the Wisconsin State Cranberry Growers Association and Governor Tony Evers are voicing concern over this proposal. They say it could hurt Wisconsin cranberry and tart cherry growers. In a letter to the FDA, Evers wrote that the added sugar does not discount the health benefits of those fruits, and he asked the agency to reconsider. Taking a look at our dairy markets on a Tuesday morning, from Chicago, the February Class 3 milk contract is unchanged at 1859 a hundredweight. March milk is at 1839 a hundredweight, down six cents. And looking ahead to the April contract, that's down 20 cents at 1862 a hundredweight. And then on the close Friday, barrel cheese was down a penny at $1.85 and three quarters. The 40 pound block cheese closed down two and a half cents at 2.13 and a half. And double A butter was unchanged at 2.38. The price of double A butter hasn't changed since Tuesday, December 27th. Market advisor John Heinberg with Total Farm Marketing in West Bend joins us next. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. This is Matt Gunderson, and this is Elmer, our canine cuddle ambassador, here to provide good-natured, loving, fuzzy support to further our level of personal care. Someday you might meet Elmer as we assist you with an individual life celebration. Let our family help your family. Visit GundersonFH.com. Over 100 years as your hometown life celebration center. 
Chris Collini with a dirty little secret. Growing up, we were encouraged to track mud in the house. After all, dirt has been our family business for generations. Today we rely on more than our boots to transport our nutrient-rich soils. We have bigger trucks and better equipment if you need it delivered. Or you can simply pick it up at our awesome dirt-filled processing plant. Take it from a worm. Trust the guys who know good dirt. Kalani Topsoil. Now that's good dirt. Legacy Exteriors. Just pick up the phone and let us leave a legacy on your home. Roofing windows, gutters, siding, and decks. Can Legacy do it? You bet. Better prices, better warranties. Legacy always makes it easy. Go to Legacy-Exteriors.com. Legacy Exteriors. Just pick up the phone and let us leave a legacy on your home. Are you a non-union construction tradesperson proud of what you do? Did you know you're worth so much more than what you're bringing home today? Put the power of Lyuna Union Labor to work for you. When you join Lyuna, you get the pay you deserve, plus pension and health care benefits above and beyond your compensation. That's zero deductions for pension and health care benefits with Lyuna because you're worth it. Learn more at lyunawisconsin.org join. From her mouth to the field's ears, this is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Yonke. I'm Stephanie Hoff for the Midwest Farm Report and for Farm Director Pam Yonke. John Heinberg joins us this morning. He's a market advisor with Total Farm Marketing in West Bend. John, Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you and everybody out there. I'm always glad to have you on um, live on the show, but also especially to kick off the first show of the new year. Uh, Most of the time we focus on egg commodities, but your message today is that outside markets, such as energy or stocks, are just as important to watch for. And I want to start off with why is that? Why are our outside markets an influencer in agriculture? Well, a lot of times in the markets and how things move, we look at the word we call the sentiment and just the feeling in general of where the markets are and and how the economy is doing. And then those outside markets are key pieces to that. You know, you go look at the equity market. We have had a very difficult time here at the end of the year, kind of stabilized the last week or so, seeing how things kind of go. A lot of that just dictates money flow, just a feeling of where the economy is. You know, and that just turns into consumer dollars and how that relates back to in terms of using and by purchasing those commodities obviously the energy sector what goes on there and crude oil you know being the major factor of that energy sector yeah, that translates directly into the impact in terms of soybean oil or soybean usage in terms of the biodiesel component and then obviously corn and ethanol and those things are things that we keep an eye on uh, as we watch on the outside scale of things and those markets have got a lot of different moving pieces in them on the global scale which again comes back to and just kind of helps dictate where prices want to go. And we'll touch on all of those. I first want to start with the, a macro trend you mentioned, uh, the strength of the U.S. dollar. Can you tell us why that matters to agriculture and what it, how is that trend? What's happening? Well, obviously, the U.S. dollar index is a key metric that we do keep an eye on, too, when it comes to those agricultural markets. Uh, you know, the lower the dollar trades against the global currencies, the more available U.S. commodities are to the rest of the world. Now, things have been a little bit different this year because of how the dollar has been acting against certain commodities, certain, excuse me, currencies versus some of our competitors, such as the Brazil currency. But we've seen the dollar really come off its highs. I mean, midsummer, we're trading about 114 basis points. That's kind of what's the 
the top. That was a multi-year high. And that was obviously maybe one of the factors that did kind of affect that demand side of the equation. Now, we've seen it come down. It's been trending steadily lower. Maybe it's starting to bottom out here with just the talk of the Fed starting to tighten up the money supply, things of that nature, again, with the interest rates rising. But it's what gives the commodity markets a little bit of a boost, at least in terms of a trend, in terms of maybe where we see some of the global demand come in. Now, obviously, we've seen the dollar come down. Prices have come down on the commodity side, at least a, a, from where we were over the summer highs. And now we're seeing a little bit of demand kick back in again. So that's a big factor that we'll watch going forward and how the basically the Fed and the government handles the money supply and the trend in the dollar, which right now currently is lower. But maybe we're getting to a point things could stabilize and maybe turn back around to be a little bit firmer going into 2023. Crude oil, another subject in the headlines. I read before we went on that prices are expected to rise. Is that the general consensus? Consensus, excuse me. And what's that going to do to inputs this planting season? Well, we'll continue to keep an eye on the crude oil side. Again, the expectations are for crude oil prices to, con to come back up as we move into the summer months and, you know, into 2023 here. You know, obviously one of the biggest factors that we're really watching with the crude oil market right now is what's going on with China and their COVID situation and how does that affect the demand? We already know supplies are globally tight. You know, the U.S. Uh, government wants to restock those strategic reserves. So that's one of the things kind of building a little floor into this market. Obviously, if we see a another run in crude oil prices that carries over into some of those fertilizer costs as a component of those fertilizers and the production of those fertilizers. So we'll need to keep an eye on those things going forward. Plus just then again, the general feeling, the overall commodity, if we're spending $4 a gallon for gasoline, that's less money we got to spend on things such as beef or pork and things in that nature. So those comes into the ag commodities there just again, based on the strength of the consumer dollar and their ability to spend. And then you brushed over the stock market earlier on. You know, even if you don't have any direct skin in that game, uh, what are the trends agriculture is looking at that, again, will impact what we see? Well, a lot of times the equity market turns into a money flow issue. And if we th see things continue to turn negative there, we can see money move out of everything as a risk-off type trade. You know, again, we've got a little stability the last few days ending the year. We'll see if this can hold a lot of concerns where the economy is and corporate earnings and things of that nature. Again, that kind of leads back to the consumer and just the general feeling of the American, uh, American consumer out there. So if we continue to see a further break in that stock market, a lot of times you get those risk-off days in terms of commodity space and things that might be a little bit overinflated and right now you look at corn and soybean prices that uh, you know they got obviously higher values than we've seen for years at this time frame that could leave them susceptible to some downside selling pressure as money just moves out of the markets to the sidelines you know jen i'm not one for new year's resolutions but is there one that you think farmers should make uh when it comes to risk mitigation you know, obviously right now I've been talking to a lot of producers about just where we are in terms of price. I know everybody wants to see things take off and get back to the levels we saw last year. They still may. I'm not going to say it can't. You know, weather's a big factor in there. Money flow's a factor. We still got a lot of questions about the demand side. But producers right now and most of these commodities need to take a look at where we are, what's the value that's out there, and find a way to make sure we're protecting that value, whether it's through cash sales, using options, some form of flooring mechanism. To me, 2020 is all going to be about price flexibility, making sure you protect the value that's in front of you, but somehow keep things available to you to the upside in case prices do take off on weather or other geopolitical concerns that we just don't see coming down the pipeline. 